I was able to help the Shepherd family memorialize their mom and grandma and great-grandma. And uh, this morning, Mike came in and shared a story with me that I thought I'd share with you. But <laughs> Eva, you know, sat right over here. And it was just, when was her birthday? November 28th. And Danny came up here and sang happy birthday to Eva on a Sunday morning. And if you know Danny's song, we has everybody sing Yeehaw. Well, afterwards, she thought everybody was saying Eva. So they didn't tell her any different, and she just enjoyed the day. So uh, I'm sure today they're singing Eva in heaven as well. So uh, we grieve with you guys, and uh, thank you for being here today. Uh, if what we talk about today never happened, I couldn't have just said that. Where... Jesus conquers death so that we can have life not only here abundantly on this earth, but we can have it eternally. And so today, I'm excited to get him out of the tomb. I hope you are too. We're going to start in Matthew chapter 27. If you're a guest with us here today, we've taken the four Gospels, blended them all together, and today um, we are going to jump Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So I know the, those sitting on the front row, they don't have the screen today. It's all good. Um, I know Ed brought up Therese, uh, David. Jim David does our AV. And uh, when they got back from the cruise, they didn't get good news about the test that she had taken before the, the cruise. And so they ended up going to Chicago to the cancer center on Wednesday and they're running all sorts of tests on her Thursday and Friday and waiting for pathology reports uh, tomorrow and Tuesday. So nothing has been determined at this point. There is something going on but uh, they just ask for your prayers and um, just pray for Therese as she goes through it. She's a nurse, and so if you know that stuff, it just plays with your head, and you know how the evil one works, so uh, just pray for peace and comfort and rest for them. Uh, I anticipate that they'll probably be back Tuesday night. But we're going to pick up, uh, and so that's why we don't have the overhead here today, is Jim was expecting to be here today, but they're still in Chicago, and so for those of you on the front row, you're going to have to use your Bibles today. That's why you're on the front row, see? Uh, Matthew 27, starting verse 61, says, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were seated there facing the tomb. This was at the point of Jesus actually being placed in the tomb. This would have been Friday. This would have been Friday after the Passover meal on Thursday. And the law says that they had to be taken down before sundown. And so Joseph of Arimathea came and asked if, they could, if he could have Jesus' body. Pilate said, yes. They took him, placed him in Joseph of Arimathea's tomb. Now, 
they're getting ready to cover this tomb. It says in verse 62, the next day, which followed the preparation day, preparation day being Passover, the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered before Pilate and said, Sir, we remember that while this deceiver, talking about Jesus, while this deceiver was still alive, he said, After three days I will rise again. So give orders that the tomb be made secure until the third day. Otherwise, his disciples may come, steal him, and tell the people, he's been raised from the dead, and the last deception will be worse than the first. If that actually happens, our whole system is shot. If Jesus raises from the dead... Everything that we've been saying about him for the last three years is over. It says, you have a guard of soldiers, Pilate told them. Go and make it as secure as you know how. They went and secured the tomb by setting a seal on the stone and placing the guard. Most likely, this was a Roman seal that was placed on the tombstone and the penalty for breaking this seal was death. So they were serious about protecting Jesus in the tomb and making sure that he didn't get out. Now, here's the issue that we deal with as believers is Jesus says, I'm going to be in the tomb three days. Well, the critics will automatically say, well, that's 72 hours, and Jesus wasn't in the tomb for 72 hours. Can't possibly be. Well, again, we're teaching from a Jewish perspective here. So let's keep everything in context. Let's go back. Let me take you back and let you see how they view a day. In Genesis chapter 42, verse 17, it says this, So Joseph imprisoned them together for three days. That would be his brothers. Remember this story? On the third day, Joseph said to them, I fear God, do this and you will live. If you are honest, let one, be, let one of you be confined to the guardhouse while the rest of you go and take the grain to, bel- to relieve the hunger of your households. Bring your youngest brother to me so that your words can be confirmed. Then you won't die. And they consented to this. They weren't talking about a 72-hour period here. They were talking about days because it was in the middle of the day. 1 Samuel 30, verse 12 says this. Then they gave him some pressed figs and two clusters of raisins. After he ate, he revived, for he hadn't eaten food or drunk water for three days and three nights. Then David said to him, who do you belong to? Where are you from? I'm an Egyptian, the slave of an Amalekite man, he said. My master abandoned me when I got sick three days ago. Again, it wasn't a 72-hour period. It was the first day part of the first day, the second day, and part of the third day. Matthew 16, 21 says, From then on, Jesus began to point out to his disciples that it was necessary for him to go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders, the chief priests, and scribes, be killed, and be raised on the third day. It actually says, on the third day. You can't wait till the third day is over because it says, He's going to be raised on the third day. 
And then Mark 8.31 says, Then he began to teach them that it was necessary for the Son of Man to suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, chief priests, scribes, be killed, and raised after three days. Is that a contradiction? Sounds like it's totally different than what Matthew just wrote. It says, after. But again, Mark is writing from a Jewish perspective. If Mark believes that the third day can be part of a day, it's not a contradiction. He's writing from a Jewish perspective. And then we feel like we have to prove this resurrection. We have to actually prove that Jesus raised from the grave. And I go back to Paul, what he wrote to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 3 says, For I passed on to you as most important what I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that He was buried, and that He was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures, and that He appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. Then He appeared to over 500 brothers and sisters at one time. Most of them are still alive, but some have fallen asleep. Some have died. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. Last of all, as to one born at the wrong time, he also appeared to me. We seem that we have to approve this resurrection even in the year 2019. We've gone for the last 87 weeks now talking about Scripture and how it lines up word for word for word for word not only with what it says, but what history says. We've laid it all out. It's been very clear. Now let me take you to Matthew, or excuse me, to Mark 15, verse 47. It says, Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of Joseph were watching where he was laid. They're literally watching Jesus be buried. Go to Luke 23, 55. Luke 23.55 says, The woman who had come with him from Galilee, following along and observed the tomb and how his body was placed. Then they returned and prepared spices and perfumes, and they rested on the Sabbath according to the commandment. Watch what just happened right here. The woman who had come with him from Galilee and was fallen, they literally saw Jesus laying in the tomb. And not only does it say they saw Jesus laying in the tomb, they says they saw how he was laid in the tomb. That's kind of a big deal. And then it says they traveled back to buy spices. What day is this? This is Friday. On Friday, the women who watched Jesus be buried left the tomb and went and bought spices. Now go back to Matthew 28, verse 1. It says, after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week, what's the first day of the week? Sunday. After the Sabbath, that's Saturday, as the first day of the week, which is Sunday, was dawning. Was dawning. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to view the tomb. Mary Magdalene you got to get this straight. We're going to tie this all together. 
Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to the tomb to view it, and it was dawning. It was still dark. Go with me to Mark chapter 16, verse 1. It says, when the Sabbath was over, that would be Saturday, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome bought spices so they could go and anoint him. This tomb sealed, right? The tomb sealed. They can't get in. They bought spices when they left on Friday. They returned. They started traveling on the Sabbath. And then after the Sabbath, they bought more spices because they couldn't buy spices on the Sabbath. So now they're showing up on Sunday morning with spices to anoint Jesus who's in a sealed tomb. Well, look at Luke 24.10. It says, Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary mother of James, and the other women with them were telling the apostles these things. That verse right there tells you all the women that were there at that appointed time. Luke 23.56 says, they returned and prepared spices and perfumes. There were two times they bought spices and perfumes, Friday and Sunday. Now I go back to Matthew 28, 2. It says, there was a violent earthquake. There was a violent earthquake because an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and approached the tomb. He rolled back the stone. The angel rolled back the stone and was sitting on it. That's a great picture, right? Just think about it. You realize that all the angels in the Old Testament and the New Testament, they're all male angels. There's no mention of female angels. In fact, there's only two angels that are called out by name, and that would be Michael and Gabriel. So now this angel has come, an earthquake happened, the stones rolled away, and he's chilling out on the stone. Hmm. It says, <clears throat> his appearance was like lightning, and his clothing was as white as snow. The guards were so shaken by fear of him that they became like dead men. The Roman guards are sitting there watching the stone. It's sealed with the Roman seal. An angel come, an earthquake happens. The angel rolls the stone away, sits on it, and they're looking there, and they freak out, and they pass out. That's a great movie right there. Go to John 20, verse 1. It says, On the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early. While it was still dark, it was dawning. She came in the dark. She saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. What goes through her mind? The power of sin is just blasting her right there. Somebody's taken my Savior already before I could even get back here. It was dark. The angel sitting on the stone, and she's so focused on the tomb, she never even sees the angel. Mary doesn't see the angel. Watch what happens. Mark chapter 16, verse 2. 
It says, very early in the morning on the first day of the week, they went to the tomb at sunrise. Mary Magdalene had got there before the others. She went ahead. She left early because she got there in the dark. She was by herself. It says, very early in the morning on the first day of the week, they went to the tomb at sunrise. They were saying to one another, who will roll away the stone from the entrance to the tomb for us? Because they hadn't seen Mary Magdalene yet. Their paths hadn't crossed. They haven't got to the tomb. They're still expecting it to be sealed. Mary Magdalene's already been there, saw that the tomb was rolled away, and she took off running. It says, looking up, they noticed that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. Again, the power of sin works on this group of women and they're thinking somebody's stolen his body. Go to Luke 24, verse 1. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came to the tomb bringing the spices that they had prepared. Mary Magdalene had already been there and she's gone. Now, go to John 21. 20 verse 1 again. On the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early. While it was still dark, she saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. So she went running to Simon Peter and to the other disciple, the one Jesus loved. That always gets me. I'm reading out of the book of John. He never calls his own name out. But he says, Peter and the other disciple, the one that Jesus loved, he's referring to himself. He said, and said to them, they've taken the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they've put him. Watch this. Mary Magdalene got there in the dark, didn't see the angel, saw that the tomb was empty. She took off running. She went to Peter and to John. She says, he's gone, he's gone. And nobody knows where he is. They're freaking out. At the other time, there's another group of women that have come and they've seen the same thing, that the stone's been rolled away. Go to Mark chapter 16, verse 3. I'll read it again. It says, They were saying to one another, Who will roll away this stone from the entrance to the tomb for us? Looking up, they noticed that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. They knew that Mary Magdalene had left them and gone ahead. They literally were thinking, how did she do this? How how did she get somebody to roll this stone away? She came here to anoint Jesus, to put spices on him and everything else. Mary Magdalene must have done something. Go to Luke 24 too. It says, they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. This was the group of women without Mary Magdalene. Go to Mark chapter 16, verse 5. Verse 5 says, When they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side. So now this, what possibly is the same angel, went from sitting on the tombstone to now inside the tomb that they walked into. And sitting there on the right side, They were alarmed. Some of your translation says they were amazed. 
they were amazed because now they're sitting here looking at this person in a bright white clothing and they have no idea who this young man is. Go to Luke 24, 3. It says, they went in, but they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. They didn't find the body of Jesus, but they did find something else. They found this angel there. Matthew 28, 5 says this. It says, the angel told the women, don't be afraid. <laughs> I'm reading this, right? How does this angel sound? How does he project these words right here? Don't be afraid. Because I know you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He's not here. Look, he's not here. For he has risen, just as he said. You know that they're looking at each other. Can this really be happening? It says, come and see the place where he lay. Come check it out. You, you saw him. You saw where he laid. You saw how he was laid out. You, you were here. You saw it. He was dead. Now you come check it out yourself. Then go quickly and tell his disciples. And this is what I want you to tell them. He has risen from the dead, and indeed, he is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. Listen, I have told you. Now, I, I don't know what this looks like, but you've got a bunch of women in there that are coming to anoint Jesus with spices and, and everything else, and they literally see this young man that says, the guy that you're looking for, everything that he said was going to happen, happened. You, wait, 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 wait. What did these ladies do? They went and bought spices on Friday night and they bought spices on Sunday morning. What were they expecting to do? To anoint his body that was still going to be in the tomb. Yeah, he says that he's going to raise from the dead on the third day, but we're going on the third day to anoint him. Surprise. Everything that he said was now true. Everything that he promised to them for these last few years was proven right here. He was not in the grave. <clears throat> it says, then go quickly tell the disciples, he is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. Listen, I have told you. So departing quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy, have you ever been there? My family right here experienced grief and joy at the same time. Grief in the loss of their mom, grandma, great-grandma, but joy because they know she's home with Jesus. And this is exactly what's happening right here. They're scared to death. Everything that he says come true, but this is pretty doggone exciting. Right? Hello? Wow. So departing quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy, they ran to tell his disciples the news. This is all the women minus Mary Magdalene. 
And they went to tell the other nine. Nine. Judas is gone, remember? He's gone. And John and Peter are hanging out with Mary Magdalene already at the tomb. So there's nine disciples, and this angel told these other women, you go tell the other nine that he's risen from the dead, and he'll meet you in Galilee. That's where he told you to go. Now, we know, based upon that, that this is the exact plan that Jesus told his disciples before he left. Right before he left, he said, hey, look, I'm going to die, and I'm going to be buried, and I'm going to raise up on the third day, and when I'm not there, I'll meet you in Galilee. Where are these guys still? In Jerusalem. They're still in Jerusalem. I promise you, these guys didn't have a clue what was going on. Yeah, Jesus has said all these things are going to happen, but I don't know if I believe it. I don't know if I trust it. Guess what? They don't go to Galilee for a period of time. You'll find out as we move along. The question I have for you is this. Do you have to see it to trust it? You realize that this is all based upon faith. I believe this, this word right here, I was, I was thinking about this, that Matthew and John were the two disciples that traveled with Jesus. They saw it all, saw it all play out. Mark and Luke, not so much. They hung out more with Paul than they did with Jesus, and Paul got all this downloaded, and they wrote their four books all at different times, yet they all match up. They don't contradict each other. They weren't all there. They didn't all see it. Yet they absolutely believe that what they've written from God is the truth. And I believe it with all my heart. I didn't have to be there to see it. Look, the trust thing, I believe, is a journey that we take the rest of our daily lives here on this earth. That the longer I live, the longer I focus on this word, the longer I focus on Jesus who's in me, the longer I focus on my relationship, the more I hope I trust and believe the more I hope I trust and believe. And if I trust and believe, I promise you, I promise you this life here becomes an adventure. You end up doing things that you did not expect to do. You think it's crazy now that the tomb's empty? That what they saw there, that what they didn't see there is real? Wait, it gets better. Because he... It's coming back if you haven't read ahead. We're getting there. We're getting there. 
Father, I thank you for uh, your word. I thank you that we can hang out here today. I thank you that you defeated death so that we could have life abundantly, that we could know that you're absolutely real. Know that you not only raised from the dead, you appeared to them, ascended back to heaven, but you sent the Spirit to take residence inside of us, to live inside of us. And that I can literally live my life by another source here on earth. I trust you with that word. I believe that word. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.